This is a podcast from Minute Media. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours, Julie John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> You guys want to get rolling? Yeah, let's do this. Are you ready this time, Ron? I've been I've been ready for fucking days. <laughs> oh. That's not true. You're the one that didn't watch the movie until today. Yeah. Because I thought we were doing the movie. <sighs> this whole thing has been a clusterfuck. <laughs> Welcome to the clusterfuck that is Slasher Radio. My name is Bones, and I'm joined by Kat Valore and Rob Humphrey. Hello. Hello. Rob, uh, uh, peeling back the curtain a little bit, everybody listening at home, uh, hope the week's going well and all that. We, we're kind of splitting this recording up between Patreon and regular show into two yeah, days. Yeah, makes, makes no sense. No, absolutely no sense why we did that, but that's fine. We're irritating Rob this week. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I'm like, why, why are we recording every fucking day this week? What are we doing? <laughs> two days every day this week. Could have just done it all today, but that's all right. Are you here in protest, Rob? No, I'm not here in protest. I just we are doing the whole show now, right? We're not just doing the news and then tomorrow we'll record part of the episode and No, we're we're doing the whole show now. All right. If that's okay with you. No, it's fine. Right. I didn't watch the movie though, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh speaking of the movie, uh we, we mentioned last week that <laughs> we've been like kind of tanking our own shit for the past month and a half. Yeah, so, we've been cutting off our nose to spite our face is what we've been doing. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Uh so I don't, for the record, I don't think I've been doing that. Uh the what's been going on here is we had a Patreon pick and then we had mm. two birthday picks, and neither of them were mine. I'm not I haven't picked a movie this month that's really fucked us up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go but back. But then you were to, gone uh, for like five episodes in a row. <laughs> let's go to the old red circle. Which we're on now. By the way, I figured out uh, on air, quick meeting. I figured out, remember, I I couldn't figure out why the hell our episode wouldn't upload last week. Yeah. Apparently, this new platform only accepts MP3. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that would be why. (laughs) Yeah. I usually upload in Wave and like I'm emailing poor Carrie over at uh, at Fansided. Leave Carrie alone. Carrie's busy. Well, yeah, but it wouldn't work. So I'm emailing her saying, hey, thanks for setting this up. But it's not working. And she had to email them. They had no bugs and no outages. Try again. And I've si- I tried to upload the episode at almost two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see the MP3. So I said, let me convert it to MP3. Voila. Man, that uh, you know what's bad about that is our show deserves to be heard in the highest fidelity possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know what? And not for nothing. I think Kat's last pick was X. So, you know, we I've really... got excellent taste in horror movies. That was a long time ago. 
That was a long time <laughs> but ago. Kat, but again, Cat took six weeks off after we did X. <laughs> Two weeks. But it, it, it also helps her case saying she has great picks in movies when, you know, our pick since then has been like, you know, Lake Placid. Jason <laughs> that Lake hell. Placid was the fucking Patreon. That wasn't us. That was the best. True. Yeah. So that's a good movie, too. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You've been pushing to do Lake Placid, too. Because <laughs> I think Lake Placid, too, they're going to get it right. We know they didn't. Although I did look at it, and I think Lake Placid 2 was like a made-for-TV movie or something. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah, so uh, we discussed last week we wanted to do a heavy hitter. And everybody knows Cat's love for Pinhead, and here we are with Hellraiser. Here we are with Hellraiser. Hellraiser! Yay! Yeah, so uh, I think we did pretty good on our, our big uh, franchise movie pick. This is a good one, because it's like Hellraiser, not to get too far into it, we got a uh, quote-unquote voicemail and then the news. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like this is an underrated top-shelf horror. Yeah, it's you see, when they do, like, the collections of classic horror monsters, Pinhead is always there, but when you hear about classic movies, I feel like Hellraiser doesn't come up very often. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Pinhead, right, that, that's true. Like, Pinhead comes up, but the movies, you know, whenever Jason comes up, it's like, you know, what's your favorite Friday movie? I just had a discussion with somebody yesterday. The, the Hellraiser franchise doesn't get talked about a lot. It doesn't. No. No. So, uh, we do have a text message this week, guys. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to tell you to make sure you read that. No. Yeah, Greg was... Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to call or text the show. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The number is 917-397-KILL. That's 917-397-5455. And uh, you can call in with anything show-related, horror-related, whatever you want to get off your chest about the genre. We will play it on the show and discuss it uh, or read it like we're about to do now. This text message is from Amber. We love Amber. Very good friend of the show. Uh, her text message reads, and this is a long one, guys. So if, if you want to dissect it as we go, let me know. But uh, it starts, Mikey, 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 what the hell? Come on. So far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. My a, thoughts exactly. <laughs> a 0.00 <laughs> question mark exclamation point. Open up uh. your mind, man. This was Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, parentheses, 1978, parentheses, TV movie. You see what she did there, Kat? Mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was kind of nice. Um, look at it like this, my friend. Kiss is completely bloated, uh, a completely bloated band, in my opinion. But they attempted to make history a rock band in a parentheses horror movie. But instead, they did what Kiss does, make money and kistery. I don't like the kistery. Well, yeah, that's a big thing. Is it really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've released like box sets and books and stuff called kistery. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Amber continues, they failed miserably, but it was funny to watch. It, it, it was funny to watch. It made you LOL. It was pathetic. However, it was fun. And a good watch. It's my favorite because it shows how to not make a horror movie in that kiss 
while they have some great songs, are true asshats. Yeah, I mean, in, in a way, it's fun to watch people that successful fail, isn't it? You didn't even give it credit for that. Yeah. Because it's... <laughs> when, like, when you're set up for failure, it's like, you know, really? Like, if, if Shaquille O'Neal at the, the winding seconds of a of a NBA Finals game was wide open at the three-point line, and he's about to take that shot, I know he's going to miss. I don't got to, like, it's not a shock when he misses. Or if he's at the free-throw line. He made some of those. <laughs> I mean, the teams literally had a strategy to just yeah. foul him and put him at the free-throw line because he, more often than not, was not going to make those shots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with the hack of shack yes, for Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, anyway, Amber continues get stoned, which I am uh, find a better version to watch honestly, just look at how goofy and ridiculous it is come on, it sounds like pew pew that's laughable in itself especially when you have to say it out loud with finger guns really disappointed, Mikey, after all we have been through and you couldn't give this quote horror movie a measly 0.01 or 0.02 Sadly, shaking my head. Uh, happy birthday, Rob. I'm sorry, Mikey ruined your birthday movie pick. <laughs> wow. Uh, I enjoyed it. Mikey ruins every day. <laughs> Especially two in a row for you. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she said, uh, I enjoyed it and think you're absolutely 100% right. Kat, you did a fabulous job reading. Aww. And I'm glad at least you enjoy fun. Hugs to you. Goodbye. Man, Amber. Thank you, Amber. That was so sweet. Wholesome message from start to finish. <laughs> I guess I think we know who Amber doesn't like. Yeah, Amber, what the hell, man? And she's <laughs> right. When you say pew pew, you have to do finger guns. You do. Yeah, you can't You can't just be saying pew pew with no finger guns. I actually did finger guns just listening to you say pew pew. God damn it. What am I stuck with here? Uh, guys, this movie was bad. Amber, I, we love Amber. Amber, we've had Amber has been on the show before a couple times. Uh, huge fan of Amber. She's like, she's not even on Twitter anymore. She's just like infamous Amber. Uh, th this movie's bad. This movie's bad. Even Greg, it's a sad day in hell when I got to agree with Greg. Greg didn't say it was bad. He just said he wasn't watching it. Because it's bad. Well, we don't know. He, I don't think he gave a reason. He just said he, he wasn't watching it. Beat he you might in love with Kiss. Yeah, he might think it's too good. <laughs> the only thing I could maybe Cat has a point. He might be a really big Kiss fan. He doesn't want to see him like that. <laughs> maybe I don't know. But no, God, that movie, that movie, man, it like link. I didn't want to watch a movie for a while. That's a good one, wasn't it? It's hard to live up to that. My head hurts. Just like I'm trying to calculate what you just said, <laughs> and I can't. Like it's, this movie fucking sucked. Uh, but Amber, nonetheless, uh, we appreciate the text message. I think it's kind of mean to me. I feel like every text message voicemail, maybe like at the end, should come with a compliment. <laughs> I mean, we, she that one came with a compliment. She did. She she said cat was cool and wished me a happy birthday. Yeah. What about me? Wished Rob happy birthday, and she appreciated my dramatic reading of yeah. Yeah. The review. Well, there were compliments in there. But none for me. 
Because you were wrong and dumb. She gave you exactly as many compliments as you gave Kiss Meets the Phantom <laughs> of the Park. <laughs> I think she went a little over. Yeah. yeah. It sounds uh, like her rating of Mikey is the same as his rating of Kiss Meets <laughs> the Phantom of the Park. I would hope not. Damn. <laughs> like I said, me and Amber bonded over the Bulgarian Chainsaw Massacre. It was a beautiful thing. And now here we are with this. It's unbelievable. Um, when do you get more voicemails? I feel like stop being lazy, guys. Come on, we do have the laziest listeners in the business. <laughs> we've really, for a long time. We do sometimes. Mm-hmm. That you know what the problem is? There's no middle ground with our listeners. They're either lazy and we don't hear from them at all, and they just listen to the show, or they're like Chris and Nesto and Greg. Yeah, they won't shut up. Well, not only that, but they attack. <laughs> it's like, I don't mind them, but it's just the attack. Greg, I mind. Greg should not speak. <laughs> Greg should be, his his speaking clauses should be revoked all around. Uh, but, uh, all right. So do you guys want to get into the news real quick? Yeah. Absolutely. I love the news. No, you don't. It's time. He's not a genius. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Plus, it's, I guess it's kind of news. I'm bloody disgusting. Is reporting. There's a movie called A Beast in the Streets. Uh, oh, no, that's not the name of the movie. That's just what they titled. Uh, Dutch movie. The movie's called Prey. Unleashes a killer lion on Amsterdam. I saw that. That's the third movie called Prey that I've stumbled across yeah. this year. <laughs> but let me ask you guys this. Does this match up with the shark movie stuff? No, no. Depends on how it's made. I mean, that could be really good, though. Cat, any excitement? I, oh, yeah, I'm excited. You mean a lion running around a city? That sounds fun. No. no. I would watch it. I don't know. But if I get shark movie vibes, I'm out. Oh, okay. Shark movie vibes. I'm looking through it now. I'm going to send it to you guys in case you care to look. The The first few images that they have on this bloody disgusting article is like, and then the last one, shark movie. So I'm out um, now. Also, Mikey, speaking of sending stuff into the chat, uh-huh. um, I got an anonymous submission from a listener. Are you fucking care kidding now. Again? It's a, it's a different listener. It's a different source. <laughs> The last one is the best one, Mikey. What are you talking about? The guy's dead on a golf course. That's amazing. There's a sprinkled trail of blood yeah. with some dude laying there without a leg. It looks awesome. I'm in it's... on this movie. I can't wait to watch it. What yeah, it looks a, pretty good. I didn't even know they played course? golf in Amsterdam. <laughs> it looks so stupid. Uh, but, well, okay, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> who the hell? Who was the last source? Can we clear I can't that? reveal that information. I feel like Kat is just finding shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like hiding behind this anonymous source bullshit to torture me. <laughs> Come on, man. I, if they're go this is a different source, you said? Yeah, this is a different one. So now this uh, is catching Someone up. really appreciated my work from last week and uh, was inspired by my anonymous source. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, for everybody listening who does not have the benefit of, of seeing our group chat, which is everybody. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy doing the old capiche sign. 
saying Italians when they see miles per hour instead of marinara per gabagool. That's not even the thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who the fuck is doing this? Right? This is not out of all the things. We have a Patreon we want to catch on, a shop, all these things that we want to catch on. And this is the shit that you guys latch on to. I, I'm not latching onto anything. I'm just passing along information to you that concerned listeners want you to have. I, I don't respect this. I want everybody to know. Not only is it just openly attacking me for my nationality, that's bad enough. Secondly, <laughs> like, you don't even have the balls to tag me in it. Like, you're going anonymously <laughs> through cat. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Rob, do you have anything to say about this? No, I was just thinking about how funny it would be if I was the anonymous source. I wish I was, but I'm not. Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Oh, so just sending it to Cat. Show this to Mikey. <laughs> I don't like anybody right now. I'm not a fan of anybody. <sighs> Can we at least have, like, uh, uh, a deadline of where this anonymous shit will end where like after maybe a month I can be told is there anything we can work out here I'll tell you what if they stop listening I'll reveal who they are if they stop that's not good <laughs> so you're threatening the listeners to keep, continue listening yeah it's actually kind of smart I if you guys that. keep listening um, your identity will be protected you can keep harassing me with racism <laughs> with pure anonymy great I lost where I was completely. I can't stand this show. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World Dominion Extended Edition comes exclusively to Peacock in September. I know you guys are going to be mean, and you don't care. You only get a shorter edition. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to be mean to Jurassic Park at? Oh, no. I, Rob's got it. If there's a shorter edition. <laughs> if there's, like, a Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Cliff Notes version. That's funny as shit. Uh... Yeah, that that's out anyway. Uh, by the way, I have my Jurassic World Ultimate Edition collection thingy. The unboxing is up on Patreon. That thing is fucking sweet. So that's nice. I'm yeah. glad you got that, Mikey. You're welcome. Yeah, you made me get that. I'm not gonna lie. I might have mentioned in the video that I was glad you talked me into it. See, <laughs> see, stick with me. I, I'll give you good advice. Yeah, okay. She'll have me in bankruptcy so you can go to fish concerts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, next up is uh, there's really not much to say about this, but by the time this episode comes out you would have to hurry to be able to do it on time. If you're a Patreon member, you get the episode a little bit early, so you're good. But uh, uh, regular listeners, you have to hurry up. Doom 64 is available for free. Uh, on the Epic Games Store until August 25th. I'm glad you saw that because I was going to bring that up. Oh, nice. But again, I didn't know what uh, day the episode comes out, so it's like, is there going to be time to... <laughs> yeah. You've got to hurry, guys, because Doom 64, amazing. Yeah, patrons usually get the episode a day early or, or at least a little bit early. Uh, I try and get episodes out the night, uh, Wednesday nights. So Okay. Either way, I think it's cool to talk about because games like this should get, they should be thrown out there for free every now and then. They should. Yeah. Doom 64 was a badass game. I'm not getting it because I'm too busy playing Dinkum. It's literally free. I know, but I'm playing Dinkum. 
It's also first person. He wouldn't have played it no, anyway. No, no, God, no. Yeah, but it's it's old school first person. It doesn't man. matter. First person, I don't like it. I don't know what's good. Uh, okay, uh, more video game news. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, on the anniversary of the Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw movie, they put out a quick little tweet teaser thing. Uh, I just sent it to you guys. It's nothing like super duper crazy, but I mean, this game looks fucking awesome. It looks cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to play it, but it does look good. Yeah. 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 I mean, pretty much the same thing I say every time we get something from them. It looks really cool, but I'm not going to play it because it's not the kind of game I like. Okay. That's fair. You know. If they could come out with something closer to Dinkum or The Sims, I'd be good. Dinkum or The Sims. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, this is interesting. I don't know how much we could really talk about it, but uh, there's a trailer release for a Resident Evil fan film. Mm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly it's probably better fans. than the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> More than whoever is uh, working on the Resident Evil stuff i i will say there is a tiny part of me because there was the new it's a show i think on netflix the new resident evil thing um and i i actually wanted to watch it because resident evil fans were pissed and i was like i kind of want to know what's going on but i just i couldn't bring myself to watch it though because when was the last time i enjoyed a resident evil thing you know probably the resident original resident evil game yeah, I think I, like, I played through the first two and enjoyed them, and I don't even think I finished three. I'm gonna be honest, it looks, I just kind of browsed through their trailer. They have a clip of, like, Patreon. So, like, I don't know if maybe this was funded through Patreon, which is kind of cool, if it was. So, I don't know, good for them. I, it, I, I wanted to mention it because... I, I would be interested to look through it because if they can pull off something pretty cool, I mean, Resident Evil is hard. Like, Friday the 13th is easy to make a fan film of. Resident Evil is not. So, uh, interested to see what they do. Yeah, I, fan films have gotten better as it's gotten easier to make them. So, I you know, but I don't give a shit about Resident Evil at all. <laughs> no. uh, the Keeper's Diary of bi- uh, a Biohazard Story is... Um, Look that up on YouTube or Bloody Disgusting. You can catch it. Uh, Hulu. Hellraiser. Uh, the new Hellraiser movie that is being worked on now. Received an R rating for strong bloody violence and graphic nudity. Good. Good, good. Sounds like Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, it, if they were like, it's going to be rated PG, you'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's a good start, I guess. Imagine if it was PG. Did you shut down production? Uh, We'll get into more of that later on. Uh, Evil Dead, the game. uh, There's a new Army of Darkness demon class coming in September. So, it looks like a new class of killer was uh, their big news, which is kind of cool. Are you going to buy that shirt? (laughs) It's not a shirt. Oh. Yeah, it's just going to be on the game, which okay. is nice. I'm not spend $30 on it. Fuckers. <laughs> Still can't believe they did that shit. 
Uh, Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood this year. Uh, it looks like they're bringing Jordan Peele's uh, Us Nightmare into Halloween Horror Nights. That's kind of cool. That's exciting. Yeah. I like that. I've never done that. You know, I don't do haunted houses, so, but I've, I've never done any of that Halloween Horror Night stuff. Would you reconsider for us? No. <laughs> All right. Really? <laughs> I don't do haunted houses. Yeah, but it. We talked about this. I ain't fucking around. I understand. I, I, I don't. But this is universal. They're not gonna touch you. Nothing. No, they're not fucking with me. I know they're not gonna touch me because I ain't going near it. <laughs> one day I'm gonna duct tape you to a dolly and we're going through one of them. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, I'm not huge on like. I, I don't like. I don't want to be touched in haunted houses and stuff like that. Like I don't, if I, I, that's my main concern when I go to one is do they touch you? Cause yeah, I, don't I don't like that shit. I don't like that. Uh, uh-uh. I don't want some fucking guy touching me. I've been kicked out of uh, haunted houses before because if someone touches me, I'm touching them back violently. Yeah. yeah uh, you've <laughs> really been kicked out. <laughs> um, I've been pol- not like thrown out forcibly, but I have been politely <laughs> escorted from <laughs> a few haunted house experiences. You see cat in there just swinging on some <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Like I don't scare easy, but if someone jumps out at me, the the one that gets me is chainsaws. Like if someone jumps out at me with a chainsaw, I'm punching them. <laughs> like there's just. <laughs> but not for not the. What do they expect? That's gonna happen when you touch people. For real. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, you it's going to happen when you jump out and scare people sometimes, right? Just sort Fair. of reflexively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine they probably get hit occasionally. So Cat really had to beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never done it because well, I'm going through the motherfuckers. See, I like, I'm not... My thing is stuff like... I forget that movie that we did. I'm not going to remember it. Uh, but we haunt? Are you talking about haunt? No, it wasn't haunt. Oh, okay. It was another one. I don't remember. October houses on October built. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's my more my thing. Where it's like somebody's in there that shouldn't be in there that mm-hmm. doesn't work there and is just using this to like grab somebody and stab them. That's why I don't like being touched because that's where my mind goes. Like, oh shit, it just got real and I'm gonna get stabbed. <laughs> so I have to defend. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, sp- Strangely enough, I was looking through our new platform on Red Circle, uh, and our Russ McCamey episode is like getting listens all of a sudden. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not surprised. Uh, there's been a resurgence of people are like just now learning, but the the wider internet community as a whole is like just now learning about Russ McCamey. I've yeah, seen but- like a bunch of recommended videos recently on my feed and it's like where is this coming from it's episode 68 this is ex- episode 246 <laughs> like they're really going back but uh um yeah uh, uh, by the way russ mckamey when setting up that interview tried to get me to go down to see him yeah no. yeah no. that sounds about right Mm-mm. He wanted to show me around and everything will be fine. And you didn't no. go? Fuck that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that man at all. No, I don't either. I watched that documentary. Which um, one? I don't know. I can't remember the fucking name of it, but he's in there. And I was like watching it just like, oh, this guy, he he's a serial killer. He found an outlet that's not murdering people, but close enough. <laughs> and yeah. that's what he's doing. He's crazy. 
He is. He is. I would have gone. How would you guys feel on air meeting about, and not that I've, I've got, this is the only thought I've put into it, but how would you feel about having him on again? I mean, I would like to talk to him, honestly. Yeah. Um, I've been, it's one of those things. I have never had the opportunity to go to McKamey Manor and with it getting like more and more intense every year, it's to the point I don't want to go anymore. But like the first few years it was open, I actually tried to make it out there because I just, I was curious, you know? Yeah. We can have him on if you're all right with me at some point going, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> because that I, he's going to say something that's going to elicit that reaction from me, I bet. Uh, he... He's a very reasonable guy who is very good at only talking about his side of the story. So, I mean, he, yeah. in the documentary that I watched, don't remember the name of it, he came across like as just like a dude, but then also this dude with like an underlying serial killer urge who liked tormenting people. Um... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't care. He can come on, but I, I guarantee you, at some point in that interview, it might get awkward. <laughs> just, a, just a thought thrown out there. But yeah, he did try and trick me into fucking. There, there, I watched something on him too, where like someone came out and like they just told a story about how, you know, lights weren't supposed to be on. It wasn't go time. It wasn't during the like he just had them showing them around or whatever they were in there for and showtime he turned it on on him you know and that's not cool See? serial killer yeah that's not cool it's not like you just randomly turned on like some low level shit like you you know you put the like that that person was crying and like running down the street and felt like they escaped for their life yeah you know like not okay yeah. so yeah okay. anyway yeah but I don't, I don't care just know that it might get awkward that's all <laughs> okay uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space are back in a new short film from Halloween Horror Nights. And God damn it, man, we need to just fuck around and, and get this Killer Clowns thing. Like, they need to be back. We need a new movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would watch a new movie if it's done right. Um,. You'd watch it either way. You would just be happy if it was done right. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm all for another movie if it's done right. Uh, but, you know, if it's just going to be some bullshit thing, then I don't want to see it. Yeah. You know, there's nothing... We've talked about this before. There's nothing wrong with a standalone horror movie. That's true. And, that is true. You know, this... The, it seems like it's we're so far removed from it now and everything that... Uh, if it's not done properly, like if they don't bring the brothers back to do it and everything, then it's just a cash grab at some point. And it's probably not going to be good. And then what do we got? We just got a shitty sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We spoke with Stephen Kyoto about this. And I think everybody's main issue with it would be what are you going to do with the clowns and how are they going to look and don't fuck that up? Uh, I'm looking through this Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What's the full title of this? Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Halloween Horror Nights 2022. Uh, I mean, if they were to do a movie eventually and they looked exactly like they look in this quick little video, I'd be okay with that. It looks exactly like the old Killer Clown, but, you know, just slightly 
the curves are better. You know, here like it, it's a little cleaner. But for the most part, it looks like you know they, they did a phenomenal job. I don't know, we'll see. And uh, that was the last thing I had to speak about for the news. All right. So we'll record tomorrow. Finish this up, right? <laughs> Sounds it. good. We will be right back with a movie that I'm hoping will get Rob in trouble. Hellraiser. <laughs> Cat. Yeah. This is uh, your rodeo. All right. Um, I really like Hellraiser. I really? think that there's. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm a fan. I have thought about it carefully. I know it's a surprise, but I've come down on the side of Hellraiser. Here's the thing about Hellraiser at, from like a franchise perspective. I think this is something that we have with a lot of different franchises where like the first one doesn't really capture the entire franchise. Like, the first movie, I feel a lot of times they're kind of finding a footing and then different people come in and they want to make money off of, you know, they want to do marketing for the characters and make it more of a palatable slasher franchise. I do think out of, like, all of those first, the exception maybe being Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like um, Hellraiser is, like, one of the most solid first entries of a franchise because it's it they do really go off the rails following this like hellraiser 2 and beyond is an entirely different entity than hellraiser was but hellraiser tells a solid story you know like as a horror movie in its own right without the uh cenobite franchising i think it's just really excellent and it makes yeah. it hold up very well, I think. Yeah. Uh, when we were discussing a movie to pick, Cat had brought up, or someone, I'm pretty sure it was Cat, brought up Hellraiser. Uh, when is it not Cat bringing up Hellraiser? Around <laughs> and my first reaction was, oh, well, we should do the second one. And I'm, I think maybe that's more so why I feel that way, Cat, because, you know, the second one, I mean, this movie's really, really good, but it, as if we're talking about Hellraiser and Pinhead, that yeah. second one really was the birth of what to expect for better and worse going forward. But um, yeah, I, I think I like this movie better than I remembered it. I never hated it, but I liked it better than I remembered it. I do. I will say I do still. I would like to if I'm going to sit down and pick a movie to watch out of the Hellraiser franchise, it would be two. Still. I think that's under like. It's that kind of Friday the 13th thing, yes. I think, where it's like the first one was really good for what it was, but the franchise got very different very quickly. Yeah. I will say Hellraiser 2, it's very good as like an indication of what the franchise was moving forward, but I think Hellraiser has the better story. I like the characters a lot more. Right. I And I think it was a lot... I, I'll talk about this a lot, I'm sure, as the episode progresses, but I think Hellraiser is very scary in a way that not a lot of other horror movies are, in that the fear is very internalized. Um, and that was something they didn't really get later on in the franchise, you know, because it very quickly became about the, the torture and the hell demons. Uh, but I, I think 
the most terrifying. It's kind of like Candyman, where it's like the most terrifying aspect of Hellraiser is that this is something that you can bring upon yourself, you know? With Kirsty, obviously. It's also something someone else can bring you into, which makes it a little bit more ubiquitous. But I think just that fear of, like, curiosity killing you is... It's funny she brought up Candyman. Both finalists in our first Murder Madness tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rob, we can get into all that, but I want to know what Rob thinks about this. Um, So I hadn't watched this movie in a long time, and if you had asked me before I watched it, so, you know, last night, if you'd asked me what I thought of Hellraiser, I would have been like, it's okay. Um, watching it last night, uh, I, I turns out I liked it a lot more than I thought I did. Wow. Um, it's a pretty solid movie. Um, I have some issues with it, but for the most part, it's a solid movie. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it does tell a really good, clean story. I like that. I think that part of the reason I would have said it's okay before is because I remember the last time I watched this, I had decided to run through the Hellraiser franchise because I mm -hmm. hadn't seen a lot of those <laughs> movies. And uh, boy, are they bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah some of them um, get pretty bad yeah i mean this is not a solid franchise at all but this movie this one is really good yeah uh, you know i feel bad for the franchise because mainstream horror wise and and just really in general stuff people are going to sit down and watch on a repeated basis it, it's really hard to continue that throughout a series of movies because I mean, I think this movie had because it started you out too with it, like, it did not yeah. shy away. Like, it was yeah. in the first couple minutes you've seen hooks tearing flesh and faces being put together and just blood and gook and skin on the floor. And they let you know this is what it's going to be. And they did get carried away with that later on. But you know, when you set the bar there with like they did in this movie. You're gonna get you're gonna get intoler intolerable very quickly. Yeah. yeah. What also hurt this franchise was that it, it landed at Dimension, and the Weinstein oh, fucked it up. Yeah, that didn't yeah. help. <laughs> I mean, they you know they were you know the, the I don't understand all the agreements with the rights and everything, but they were gonna lose the rights if they didn't release a movie every so many years or whatever. So they just were pumping out you know directed DVD movies to keep the rights um and they fucking you know they tried to do the same thing with halloween as a matter of fact halloween almost ended up going direct to dvd through dimension at one point um so that doesn't help at all and their movies are just i mean the later movies in this franchise are nearly unwatchable uh one of them is on <laughs> <laughs> judgment i oh. i hate watching judgment so much <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember which one's which, or I couldn't tell you anything about them. I watched them five, six years ago. I watched the entire franchise. I don't remember anything beyond like the first movie, honestly. And that might just be because I just watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. The, you know, this movie, for as gory and as it gets, like it, this is closer, just as close, I, I should say to a love story as a horror movie it is uh this is what one thing that i think really helped me appreciate because i didn't get super into hellraiser until a few years ago actually uh i saw the first one when i was pretty young so i think a lot of it went kind of over my head you know i was like more gore and i i didn't 
really register all of what was going on in between. Uh so I didn't love this movie as in terms of like classics until after I had read the novella and it made me want to go back and watch the movie again and I had a much deeper appreciation for it. But the novella uh, Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, it is one of the most poetically written things I've ever written. Like it's very lyrical. It's very it, beautiful in a way. And it's like that juxtaposition between like this these deep emotional feelings and like this intense gore was something that I really liked in the book and even though I I don't think that the movie captures quite as much of the romance as the book did but it is you can kind of see that influence in it I think yeah I've always said that like Hellraiser is like the sophistication of horror you know yeah. like I, I feel like Halloween's always been that you know just that clean, crisp, top-tiered textbook definition of horror movie. And Hellraiser's always just been that. Like there, It's in a class of its own. You can't find anything written like this original movie in horror, at least not often, and, and with as much horror in it, too. You know, like, yeah, I, I don't, I've never seen the combination done so well. They even had a, a scene where one of the Cenobites were like, they were walking and dragging that, that hook on the wall like the wall was bleeding like little yeah. shit like that man they they stuck to their their shtick so well and they didn't go overboard in this one which is perfect they didn't they came close it was they, a very fine line that they walked they came real like that dude coming out uh what's his name frank coming out of the ground after you know the blood is spilled and he's this big gooky mess like it had reason, which is what made it, you know, you could sit through it and not it's not too bad because there was reason for it. It wasn't there for no for nothing just to be the, for the sake of it being gooky and shit. But they, they just did everything right. This is this is a very, very close to a perfect horror movie. Well, calm down. I'm serious. Man. If <laughs> it's you not, look, it's not. It's good. It's not that fucking good. I think it is. And because it's it really it, good. It had that campiness in there as far as like the way it's filmed. You know, it's not like top production. It's perfect, dude. That's what horror is supposed to be at its roots. Uh, it's okay. It's not that good. Don't make me backpedal on me saying this was a good movie just because <laughs> you're overpraising it. Now I got to underpraise it, Mikey. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I mean, I the flashbacks in this thing are annoyingly melodramatic. Okay. I don't know if it annoyed. I mean, you're right. They're melodramatic. I don't know how much it annoyed me because I think it, it it's just one of those things where it seems really necessary, I think, to kind of get into Julia's too, mindset. They're way over the top. It's too much. Um, I think that uh, I, I do like a lot of the effects in this movie, but I do. I did find them to, the effects to be hit or miss at times. Um, really? was, yeah, I thought the practical effects were amazing. The um. At the beginning, when they're like showing the hooks ripping the flesh, I thought that looked awful. Um, the uh, the the one I don't even know what the fuck it is, some sort of monster thing. It just looked like a rubber thing, and it made me laugh because it looked pathetic. Um, but then some of the other stuff looked good. Frank looked really good, like you were talking about the scene where he's rising up and he's all gooky and nasty and mm. stuff. That looked really good. So I, th I found the effects though to be hit or miss. And I. Can I say something real quick? 
that I kind of mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was a pretty big moment. Uh, Murder Madness. I'm going to rewind quite some time on in the history of the show. Uh, Murder Madness. That's our, you know, every March we go through mm-hmm. a bracket. If anybody who's not familiar listening right now of something, the the original one last year was pro, uh, was protagonist. Now it's uh, the original was uh, killers and slashers and whatnot. Jason went up against Pinhead in round one. This <laughs> yeah. was a pivotal moment of the show. Mm-hmm. Very big deal. And uh, we even have like people in our iTunes reviews. We're talking about that. And took a star away too. Fucking yeah. dick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, I again, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I don't know if those hooks would have done as much damage to an older model Jason as I anticipated when making my decision. I'm just going to leave that there. I I don't know if it would ultimately change the outcome of my decision, but that I just going to, it makes me think even harder. All right, well, we have to do that whole bracket over again starting next week. <laughs> I bet you would like that Friday fan. What do you guys, what do you guys, is that, am I fair in saying that? I don't know if you are. I, I mean, I'm, I see where you're coming from. I actually right. think the bigger issue might have been in the earlier model, Jason, like in zombie Jason phase, where he would have, that skin wouldn't have held up as well. Uh, he may not have been restrained as much. I think they actually may have done more damage. I think they might have been more effective against something like the Uber Jasons, where it's like where the skin is tough enough to like really properly restrain him because it's not going to give. That being said, it we could do a whole bracket. I not that I would want to, but I think we <laughs> could do a whole bracket just like going. Hellraiser to Hellraiser, like Pinhead's powers against That's Jason fair. at every stage, because yeah. I think the chains also get more powerful as the Hellraiser franchise progresses. <laughs> like that was going to be my question. Not my, yeah, because they they did get a little more, I guess, as technology got better. But they yeah. just looked weak. They looked like you know it. It would mm-hmm. it might bother them, but I don't think it would really stop them. I don't know. I know what Rob's going to say about it. So. Yeah, I didn't think Pinhead should want to begin with. So, <laughs> God damn it, man. That'll haunt me forever. I don't know either. I don't know either. Son of a bitch. No, I know. I absolutely 100% <laughs> know that we made the wrong choice, Mikey. <laughs> we caught so much shit over that one, man. Jesus Christ. That's right. We made up for it in the second year of Murder Madness by having Tom Atkins fuck to God his way through the bracket. <laughs> God damn it. He really did, though, man. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate. It. How does shit just fall your way? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Um. So anyway, I. I mean, there were some stuff I, I mentioned that a couple of things I, I had a problem with in the movie, but I, I did overall. I thought it was a really good movie. I. I did really enjoy it. Um. There were some things I didn't understand, like cat. Oh, maybe you can fill me in on this. What the fuck was the point of the bug eating hobo? Oh, he's supposed to be a harbinger, I think. Okay. But yeah, he didn't come across. It was one of those, he was supposed to be like a sign that something bad was going to happen, but they uh-huh. thought he would look creepier if he just showed up and ate bugs. I so mean, 
I guess, but <laughs> which technically, I mean, he did, but it it did make it more confusing. Yeah, I was just like, what is going on? And so I kept waiting for him to tie into the story, and he doesn't really tie into the story. He's just a hobo eating bugs. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I I could not figure out about this movie is where it was taking place. Because this house that they were at looked like it was sort of out in the country on its own. But then anytime they were away from the house, they were in like the middle of a city. So I was, I didn't understand. Like I, I wasn't, I was confused as to where this was happening. Was it supposed to be out in the country or were, were the, was this house in the city? I, I didn't get it. Wasn't, didn't she say she was, she got an apartment? It wasn't in New York. I think it was supposed to take, place in new york yeah she mm. said she was getting an apartment in harlem brooklyn i forget brooklyn you, was mentioned i think you new york people always think your shit's happening in new york always do that it literally I also thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's fine but i mean to me the house looked like it was out in like the country so like were they walking to this house in upstate new york and then walking back to fucking brooklyn <laughs> Knowing New York, no, that doesn't seem oh. out of place to me. Uh oh. <laughs> oh God, what? Uh, the Cotton House apparently, according to the Wikipedia, is located in London, England. What? And then they walk back to Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. It is located. It has. Yeah, it's located on fifty-five Ludovico Place, Cricklewood, London, England. Which, okay, so I had wondered about that also, I, because it makes it seem like they had been moving back and forth, but I thought that they had gotten away from London because no one else there was British except for Julia. Yeah. Like, she anyway. had moved to Brooklyn, I thought, for him, right. and then I thought maybe they had moved back, but then it was like, no, that can't be right, because... They'd all be British, <laughs> like all of their friends and stuff also seem to be New Yorkers. So I had kind of a bit. But according to the Wikipedia, it is in London. Well, mm. Doug Bradley's British. And so is Clive Barker. So it makes sense, at least, why they would. I don't know. It, I just I, it was it, that would kept throwing me off. I, I don't know. It's not a huge deal. I mean, it's whatever. But it was just like, where the fuck is this happening? Where, what is going on? <laughs> I'm surprised that house isn't more popular than it is. It's a, a nice house. house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think about it. Like, he, this guy was throwing this whole, like, a huge parade and showing it off to everybody. Oh, look at this house. And everyone, oh, what a beautiful house. And they can't believe it. And it, like, it was kind of a shitty house. It wasn't a shitty house, but, like, you know, the walls were all fucked up and, you know, like, it had its problems. And yeah. like it was still so nice of a fucking house, man. That there's, you know, you can look right on past that shit. It was nice setup, wood, everything. It was beautiful house. I feel like I'm so. Did they ever? And I, I'm very, very. I didn't even see the last two Hellraisers. I won't even do it. It, it did they ever go back to that house? Uh, yeah. They did. They? It's shown. Oh. Do you mean did the characters go back to the house or did like they go back? It's they show it in Hellraiser 2 also. Yeah, but I mean like a real but return. I don't think they ever did like a proper return to uh, it. No. They should have did that. But like it is shown in 
flashbacks and stuff. It's right. It makes appearances. That's good. It's a cool looking house. I'm really upset. I thought Rob was going to get himself in trouble here. He might still if you keep praising Hellraiser. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's yeah, it's a top tier movie. Uh, you kept bringing up uh Frank's transformation, Frank rising out of the ground. I think that's like one of the most iconic yet underrated horror movie scenes like that one has just always stuck with me even before i was a bigger hellraiser fan than i am today um but i also really appreciate that like that's one of the scariest moments in the movie and i like that it is that like because again later in the franchise they really make the cenobites out to be like evil and just like obsessed with taking people and torturing and stuff. I really like that in this first Hellraiser movie, the scariest thing in it is Frank, right? <laughs> like, yeah, Frank he's or the Julia. Evil. And yeah, and Julia. Yeah, I mean, like, Julia, what, what I kept going back to in my mind watching the movie was Julia's putting in an awful lot of work for some deadbeat brother in law, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Frank is the kind of guy that just pisses me off. Like, the, you know, he's a fucking loser, doesn't do anything with his life, yet he's got women all over him all the time. It's irritating as fuck. I um, I may have mentioned this before, but where I work, uh, our office is across the street from the city jail. Really? And, yeah, and I get so mad because, like, the sidewalk outside will have, like, Happy Birthday, Steve, written on it in sidewalk, <laughs> oh, yeah. sidewalk chalk or fucking... And sometimes the the women will be down there with like their kids, like wave to daddy and all this bullshit, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this motherfucker's in jail and got a woman coming downtown, standing on a corner to wave at a jail window, and I can't get a fucking date. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go to jail, man. Yeah, and and that's what I kept thinking of. That's what Frank kept reminding me of, and so he just kept pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> fucking deadbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That that's the problem with this too, and that's why I think people, you know, it, it's hard to 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 kind of give it to when you go. Whenever someone's gonna go and watch Hellraiser, they're gonna watch the first one. You know, that's where yeah. you're gonna start. And it's so different than everything that Pinhead has turned into, and and everything. It, I think that's why. Like, there's they're not really the. If anything, Pinhead was kind of a good guy. Sort he kind of was, and I love that there's that balance of it's very subtle in the movie, I think more so in the book, but there's that balance of it's like, we have this monster, we have the person he's manipulating, but what is he so afraid of? Because he keeps bringing it up in the movie, where he's like, you know, <laughs> it's so good to be able to taste again, and so long since I felt anything, and they're gonna come for me, and you've gotta get this done before they try to take me back, you know? And the Cenobites are treated as just, like, the sort of unseen threat. You can almost forget that uh, Frank is the one that summoned them, like, he invited them into his life, but there is just kind of that, like, I like that framing of the Cenobites being something that the monster himself is afraid of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. That's why it's like, it's hard to, you know, cause they turned on her in the end. Not that they were ever really on her side to begin with. They just wanted Frank's ass back. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it, it, it was, it was hard. They, they kind of did that with, um, cat, which one, was? <laughs> which one was it where he was uh -oh. stuck in the fucking wall? Oh God. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of like tried to show him like like Pinhead in a good light for a second there where, you know, like, oh, because he's begging to get out, you know, so he's trying to it's they'll do that with Pinhead every now and then, man. And that kind of goes to Doug Bradley. We went a long time without talking about Doug Bradley. That goes to Doug Bradley being a phenomenal actor. Just God damn it, man. Talk about just rocking a role. Yeah. Jeez. I think um I think the reason we went so long without talking about him is because as big as part of this franchise as Pinhead has become, he's not really on screen a lot in this movie. Yeah. That's I mean, true you too, don't yeah. see Pinhead or the Cenobites a ton in this film. Yeah. Part of the problem? Maybe kinda sorta. Yeah. I mean, no, it's not really a problem because uh, like Kat said, they Frank is is the real monster of the movie, and you see plenty of him and and Julia running around. So I mean, the story is still good. It's just they're not the main focus of it. Yeah. I also the one my, one of my biggest pet peeves. I I have two big pet peeves with this movie, and one I know you guys are probably sick of hearing this. I hate lightning effects from the eighties. I hate them. I hate them so much. They've aged so poorly and you can't find a horror franchise where they don't have those cheesy lightning effects. So that's like my one uh, big effects pet peeve with Hellraiser. The other thing that I do kind of miss, and this is maybe more of a franchise problem than like uh, this movie specifically problem, because they kind of play with it here. The idea that the Cenobite can be a good or a bad entity depending on who you are. I think they really didn't lean into that heavily enough. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that you're right. I didn't yeah. take that away from this film. There's a line in there even where it's like, you know, they can be angels or demons depending, you know, and it's like I they kind of tried to work it in, but they didn't really I wish they had in Frank's story a little bit more established that what he wanted from the Cenobites was like infinite pleasure. Uh, and that's not what he got, you know? And I, I think that also kind of like it, it makes them seem more tantalizing. Like, I think you could watch Hellraiser and be like, why the fuck would anyone open that box? No, I thought <laughs> that last night. Yeah, because you're just I like, was like, why the fuck would terrible. you open the box? Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, one thing about the box. Yeah. Everybody kept saying, oh, you solve the box or you open the box. It doesn't look like it's that difficult to figure out. You just touch the fucking thing and it opens, it looks like. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, it's, that... not like, it's not like a fucking Rubik's Cube you got to solve. It's like it just fucking opens. Yeah. You kind of stumble across it opening. You don't really solve yeah, it. Yeah, you, yeah you... it just kind of pops open. You do enough shit to eventually do something right, for the most part. I don't know. But everybody is constantly like, oh, you solved the puzzle box, or whatever the fuck it's called. And it's like, I don't know. She just kind of picked it up. <laughs> that is one thing that kind of gets me. And I this was a problem in the book as well. The only thing I can think of is that like once it's been opened, it's easier to move around the pieces but like both in the book and the movie the it, it does seem a little bit too simple to solve like at least in the book they kind of like it's this ancient ritual and they did describe it more of a puzzle box that had like moving machinery inside of it that you had to maneuver mm -hmm. but 
Kersey really is able to just like pick it up later on and use it. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. though Frank has to do, he like Frank had like book, candles and shit. He had like a whole fucking thing going on. And in the book, he like researched it. He had to go like a bunch of places to find it. And he had like read about it in books and studied how to solve it before he got there. Yeah. And it's like, and the movie doesn't really get any of the, I think uh, like Barkin's box, which is what they called it in the book was a bit more of an entity to solve than the lament configuration mm-hmm. from the movie. Cause it really is just kind of like an open and slide it out kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seemed really, really simple to open up. Um, I, uh, I thought, uh, I, one thing that made me laugh that I, I thought was hilarious is that at some point Frank starts wearing a suit, but he's got like no skin and he looks like shit and he's all <laughs> bloody. And I'm like, what, what's he putting on his suit for? <laughs> I thought that was awesome though. I liked it a lot. Like, it, cause you know, at first you just see him with this blood, this deep, deep red blood and and it's great effects and it looks phenomenal and then the white collars you know it just looked really cool together and as the i guess day goes on it's just fucking wet and red <laughs> yeah. which also look cool that i think goes to the sophistication of this movie and it, you know you could throw a suit on anybody and it's whatever but you threw a suit on that character with him looking like that and they just dressed up the gore but didn't lose sight of what they were doing and i did that's what i'm telling you rob this movie is really 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 good man it's deep it's fine oh, one fine. thing while we're talking <laughs> about the sophistication one thing that i did really appreciate was julia's design uh yeah like her wardrobe and stuff because it's dated obviously it's like the height of fashion in the late 80s but like it's still she still looks good and put together it wasn't like so i think it would have been really easy to fall into the trap especially earlier in movie history uh where you're not necessarily thinking about how people are going to be reacting to this 40 years down the line you know i I think it would have been really easy for them to like when she's going out to lure men back to the apartment to like really overdo the sexy element or the trends or to just like make her very gaudy when they dressed her up. And I think the fact that we can watch it today and she still looks put together and sophisticated and not like super obvious in what she's trying to do. I I really appreciate that. Yeah, I agree with that. And but this movie really leans into that men will do anything, won't they? Yeah, you know, this is like she's just like let's fuck on this creepy ass bedroom floor, and the dudes are just like okay, <laughs> like dude, and- that is clearly a murder room. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I yeah. love like the layers of this. Also, Julia is a fascinating character. I think on her own, uh, there's like you can tell she feels bad the first man that she brings up there you can tell that she's like kind of getting antsy about it she's having second thoughts she's worried about how she's actually going to do the killing and she gets him up there and he like kind of freaks out on her thinking she's going to change her mind he gets really aggressive and it's only for a second but then you can see that shift in her where she's like suddenly a lot more eager to kill this guy yeah and it's like yeah i there are a lot of little things like that and then and when you kind of see that morality almost poking through, but then you realize she's still doing all of this for Frank, it's mm-hmm. like, man, yeah. fascinating character. I like what Julia. What was with uh, Kirsty's weird dreams that she kept having? 
It seemed like every once in a while she she just had a dream that something happened to her dad. She had to get up in the middle of the night and go and check on him and shit or whatever. Like, was that was that explained more in the in the novella or was that just in the? I didn't know what was going on with that. Was she it supposed was, to be psychic or some shit? Uh, so yeah, in the novella, it's more of a weakening of barriers between the two worlds. Okay, where it's like hell is coming closer. I see. As Frank right. is getting stronger, like the barriers are. But yeah, again, in the movie that is lost a little yeah, and bit. I don't even remember. It only happens like once or maybe twice, but it, it's not a lot. And it never is really explained. Um, Also not explained is why she's super hot and she's dating that doofy looking guy. But whatever. <laughs> one thing i wish they would have went a little further into in uh in the in uh, later on the franchise or throughout in general uh it, there was a line i think frank said uh that the box was to open up heaven or hell yeah and that's even, what i was talking about right and even on the poster they have demon to some angel to others you know so it's like this movie like they really the possibility of heaven you know, existing in, in this, the, the, whatever the fuck's going on with this box, you know, later on in the franchise, that they could have done something really interesting with that. Well, That's I mean, what I don't want to watch a movie yeah. with like pinhead, like fanning people with feathers and feeding them grapes. No. Fucking boring. no, 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 no. That's <laughs> the thing is that the Cenobites, it, it's the same world, heaven and hell. It's a subjective concept. It's the same like plane of existence. The pleasure that you get from the pain is supposed to be the euphoric feeling that makes it addicting. Like that's the heaven. That that's awful. what people are seeking out when they open the box but i think a lot of i i think that's kind of the thing is that like frank is expecting just infinite pleasure and because that's the expectation he's going in with because he thinks he's going to be doing whatever the hell he wants instead of having like this experience brought to him it ends up being hell yeah yeah that's that, they could have did so much it's it's so frustrating with all the possibilities they could have went and the shit they ended up doing in this damn yeah. franchise. <laughs> Fuck, man. Endless opportunities. Endless. I will say, I was baffled because that's like, that's a very pro the whole like <laughs> BDSM intense pain pleasure ratio. Like, that's a much bigger theme in the book. And I was baffled because it's like, I hadn't seen Hellraiser in a really long time. I pick up this Clive Barker book and I'm reading it and it's like, is that what the movie was about? Because <laughs> I don't... Uh, and even, like, even the themes that are there, because you do see, like, he's he's getting kinky with his lady friends and the photos and stuff, but it's, like, it really doesn't dig in as deep where you're, like... Oh, I think you could probably watch this movie and have no idea fundamentally what is going on in Frank's mind when he opens that box. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you... and it's wild to me i still get baffled about this sometimes where it's like i can't Im imagine being a movie producer in the 80s and reading hellbound heart and thinking ah yes this is a good <laughs> thing to show audiences <laughs> like yeah yeah uh what did i oh you okay it, I, i'll say one thing that i did have a problem with uh 
and it's not even like a huge deal. But if I had to knock him for something, here here it goes. Uh, Pinhead's dialogue, and I'm not saying like Doug Bradley made it to where it wasn't cringe. But if you listen to some of the shit that like really just listen to what he's saying here and there, it's like ugh, like just bad. And <laughs> you know, but he was so good in his voice and the way he hit it, it just fucking it made it just you're just listening and hearing doug bradley and it's phenomenal but there was a point where he goes just in the, the ends the thing then maybe and it's like it just dropped like that was the end of the sentence and it's like ew and then he just said maybe again and you know i i think that the dialogue maybe they, they didn't really quite know what pinhead was then you know as as, as opposed to what he was going to turn into because yeah. he was just another Cenobite in this movie. It wasn't supposed to be any huge focal point like he ended up turning into. And I also, I think that Doug Bradley getting comfortable in this role helped the franchise even more going forward. He didn't look kind of like Robert England with Freddy. The original movie, he wasn't fully comfortable. He was still working out. You know, the character wasn't cemented yet. I think Doug Bradley... That may be another reason I like the second one so much is because he seemed like he was in Pinhead in that second movie. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I do think it makes sense. I think I didn't like it. Watch it again. You might have this. You might like it now. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> he see he's still protesting from us having. He's like he's mad we're even here right now. <laughs> Unbelievable! Still, it's powerful. thrown me all off. Like we don't like. We, yeah, I'm all thrown off. Like I'm not on my game now doing this episode because it's daylight outside. This is not when we record. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I'm drinking margarita in a can. I'm drinking Diet Pepsi in a Winchester pub glass. I'm drinking margarita in a can, and I'm drinking cranberry juice in a Walking Dead glass. Ooh, ah. yeah, yeah. So, but oh. it's daylight outside. It's all fucked up. This is not how we do this show. I'm out of my <laughs> element. Want to say, will that help you feel better? No. And also, I, I was just thinking, too, I didn't look up any trivia for this movie because I forgot. Good job. I know because I'm all out of it's all I'm all out of sorts, man. This is not how we do this show. It's confusing. Okay, that's fair. Um, Kat, did you look up any reviews for this? I do uh, have a couple of reviews for this. I ended up a lot of the reviews were very similar to each other and similar to things that I wanted to say uh but I did find one review that is just wild to me uh cat <laughs> famously gets most of her opinions from IMDb movie reviews so well a lot of them were telling uh, a lot of the points from the IMDb reviews are first of all a lot of the ratings let's get to the ratings first Hold um cat really yeah. quick I have to let you know before you go, because I'll forget. Okay. Uh, you mentioned your views on movies, Rob just did. I met somebody yesterday who uh -huh. thought Jason X was possibly the best movie in the franchise. You're not alone. <laughs> it's the most fun. It's not the best. It's just the one that I want to see the most. But the reason I really wanted to bring it up was to blow both your minds. He said, I asked him his favorite Friday movie, and he said he's got two. One of them is okay. Jason X, and the other's part seven. They're wrong. They're thinking of part six, right? People, He's thinking no, about part six. There are people who like part seven for I don't some reason. Get it? Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> I was mind I said, dude, you picked like two really bad ones. Like X okay, it's a good movie, but it shouldn't be the best. I was like, damn, man, you don't know anything about movies. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I would have forgot. Oh, it's it's okay. Part seven. Oof. Yes. Uh so I want to start with the ratings because I was my mind got a little bit blown uh with the ratings. On Rotten Tomatoes. The tomato meter is 71%. The audience score is 72%. Which um which felt really low to me, but on IMDb it got 6.9 out of 10, <laughs> which uh is funny but infuriating also. Um I don't like it. <laughs> oh. And then in my IMDb deep dive while I was looking for reviews, I ended up only taking one review, uh, but I didn't find a lot of like bad reviews for a 6.9 out of 10. Most of the people that like left comments about it had rated it like somewhere like eight through 10, right. which felt a lot closer to the ballpark for me. Uh, that made a lot more sense. But a lot of the points I... Very long, very thoughtful reviews. A lot of the people thought it was very good. It was very underrated. It was the... Some people thought it was the best of the franchise. Some people thought it was just a really good starting point for the franchise. And about half of them, I would say, really, really pushed reading the book if you didn't understand the movie. Uh, there were a lot of Clive Barker diehard fans in the reviews on IMDb. Like... Mm -hmm talking about how beautiful the book was so a lot of them were points that i knew we were going to bring up some were points i knew i wanted to bring up and then i found this one <laughs> i found this one review that just um it's a positive review i think but it takes a lot of jabs at things and those tend to be the ones that are the most interesting that being said there's no rating for this review um, so I don't know if it was intended to be better or worse than how we're going to take it, but, uh, from IMDB, does it, why is the user, I don't know who wrote this, <laughs> um, it, oh, oh, Skippy19 apparently wrote this. It ain't supposed to be Macbeth here, folks. <laughs> In a decade of cheap, exploitative slashers, we finally get this one. Relief. Instead of some maniac ripped from Halloween, we get a simple wooden box. Simple, or so Frank thought. What results in it is a cinematic masterpiece, a great mix of gore and violence, as well as great musical score and some nice drama. The acting is fine, but there are imperfections. One common complaint, the characters are not pleasant enough we can latch onto them. Maybe that's because these seem more realistic than characters we can launch latch onto just a thought don't jump on this what really gets me though is the people calling it down saying that it's not quality entertainment come on guys if it was supposed all capital letters to be shakespeare it would not be advertised as being able to quote tear your soul apart the presence of the cenobites was originally intended not to carry the story but to emphasize it as usual the sequels ignored it hey merchandising this is one of the uh this is the only one of the series that depends on more story than the demons we hardly ever see the infamous pinhead and all all in all this was a fun movie no shakespeare but it's not supposed to be just dramatic gory groundbreaking horror delivered to us excellently by mr barker and this review in particular i thought was really interesting uh, not only because it takes, like, random jabs at all other horror movies for no apparent reason, but also uh, because it 
calls it a cinematic masterpiece while also like kind of looking down on it. Yeah. People feel that way about this stuff, man. They do. I just thought the tone here was like really convoluted. And the fact that it doesn't come with a rating leaves it all the more up in the air. You don't know if he hated it or loved it. Skippy 19's an enigma. <laughs> no, it's Cattle Prod 27. Don't hit me with a Cattle Prod 27. <laughs> yeah, I, but that's the shit. But that's what I was talking about earlier. That's the type of shit that this movie invokes, man. Like, you don't know because of that blood and gore aspect, people will turn off immediately. Yeah. You know, and I, not for nothing, this this was the like the Shakespeare of horror. It was that upper sophistication for the horror genre. That's how I would see it. Yeah, I can see that. I think maybe you need to calm down. Name something that's closer to, if you had to pick a Shakespeare for horror type movie, name something else, Rob. Uh, Sharks of the Corn. I hate (laughs) you so fucking much. At least you just said that damn kiss movie. <laughs> ah, damn, that thing was so bad. How do we go from watching <laughs> something like that to fucking hell? We did that once before where it was a big switcheroo. God damn, the range of us. <laughs> we really did need a good movie, though. Holy shit. We did. Um, I, I don't think I have anything else. I, we could talk about this movie forever. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I had left that I would like to just quickly mention, Christie, uh, Kirstie's, whatever, I'm margarita in a can. Uh, <laughs> her hospital room scene was awesome. Yeah. Um, I know. No? No. First of all, why was the doctor and the nurse, why were they both such dicks? Oh, well. They were just dicks to her for no reason. And then secondly, who the fuck walks down that hallway when you hear screaming and shit on a hallway that just appeared where one wasn't before? I'm not going down there. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think they built tension great. They they did everything great for that scene. She got out. It was still banging. She heard the noise. Yeah, that was awesome, man. What's your problem? Why? Who does that? <laughs> who does a lot of shit? Who hears going Jay- down that fucking hallway? Who hears Jason stabbing somebody outside and goes, well, let me take a look at what happened out there. Like, Not me. <laughs> right, but, I ain't doing uh, that either. I ain't going in the fucking woods. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. You know, there's a killer around. Let's get naked and swim in a lake. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I might be tempted to do that, but I'm not. <laughs> you got seaweed in your crack. That's yeah. what you get. Yeah. But no, I'm not walking down that fucking hallway. Are you kidding me? They. That was a phenomenal scene. Yeah, that's great. The effects they went above and beyond for what they. What that's was the, the fucking creature that looked stupid. All right, it well, she perfect. got down the end of the hallway. That fucking thing that was like on the ceiling or whatever the fuck that was supposed to be. It looked dumb. If okay, since you didn't do anything to prepare for this episode because it's on recording on Sunday, uh, if you had a guess, I'm just assuming you didn't look it up. If you had a guess, a budget for this movie, what would you give it? This movie, yes. Um. I bet they had five million. One million. Really? See, yeah, see? Yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't have a lot for this, man. I mean, that was a lot of money in 1980. When the fuck year did this come out? 87. You still thought it was five million. No. Hold on. I'm I'm pulling up the inflation the calculator. inflation thing. Doug Bradley, by the way, on this show, I mean, he told, he went into in-depth 
about you know him and Clive like this really being a not shit movie. They didn't think it was going to be anything at all, and look what they did. All right, so it's two point six million with inflation. So even with inflation, it's still less than you thought it was. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter though. I mean, you know, you're talking about how it's these spectacular masterpiece of a movie with these great effects when that fucking thing is in it. Come on. Nightmare on Elm Street looked weak in certain spots early on. Uh, granted, yeah, not as weak dated. as this. Some of those are dated. Yeah. Yeah, but you know. What are you going to do, man? Keep in mind, too, resources. Forget about money. Resources that they had back then. They had the resources to make Frank look good. Yeah, but you know, how many times can you do that with a million dollars? I think there's a difference, though, between like doing something gory on a human and trying to make something that looks entirely alien to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying Mikey's going on about how it's the greatest scene in the history of horror movies and you know, <laughs> you get to the end of that hallway and you got a fucking stupid looking plastic creature waiting on you. It wasn't that bad. I think you're just bitter because you realized we all liked this one and so you had to switch your take <laughs> yeah. here. And he's talked a lot of shit about Hellraiser and Pinhead <laughs> quite a bit. We I don't remember talking shit about it. I uh, mean, madness. Yeah, well, he shouldn't have won. That was fucking dumb. But you know, here we are. You talked about you talk shit about Pinhead like every episode from the <laughs> the whole tournament. Yeah, because he shouldn't have won. He kept winning. I mean, you guys are acting like he's Doctor Chalice. Oh my god! <laughs> Imagine Pinhead fucking his way through a tournament. <laughs> he ain't fucking Jason. I tell you that. <laughs> he would if that was the contest. He would have lost. Um. All right. You know what? Let's move into Portnoy's then, because I'm interested. This will tell once and for all. You better not besmirch the Portnoy's. I would never. Mm. You want me to go first? Yeah. I don't know how you guys are going to take this. You might think it's too low. I don't know, but I might. (laughs) uh, What I have here is a uh, for this movie. I think um, the effects are hit or miss. Uh, The acting's pretty good. The story is solid. Clive Barker's direction is it's his first uh, time as a director, and it's passable. He's not doing anything spectacular um, as a director on this movie, uh, visually or whatever. But it's it doesn't look bad. It's it's done. It's competent. I give it a seven point two. Okay. That's higher than I thought you were going to give it, to be fair. I'll, yeah. I'm not mad. He, see, and that's what I was saying. He couldn't be a total dick about it in the port. Like, it'll come out. Look, when we're it. talking about the movie, somebody's got to balance it out a little bit. You, Mikey's over here wanting to put it in a fucking museum. Somebody's got to. <laughs> it's got to be in a museum already somewhere in some form or fashion. Probably some fucking weirdo freak museum somewhere, yeah. That's real nice. Uh, Kat, would you like me to go? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Last week, I gave the lowest score ever given for a point on this show. A flat out 0.00. Fucking crime against film. That's right, Amber. <laughs> 0.00 for that damn... I'm not even going to talk about it. We did last week. Uh, Hellraiser does belong in a museum. It is a phenomenal movie. 
I feel like it is slept on as much as we talk about Jason and Freddie and Michael and, you know, so many. I mean, we could even mention uh, the little saw guy, Billy the Puppet thing. He gets mentioned before Pinhead a lot of times in, you know, today's culture. I mean, fuck that little puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Fuck that puppet. Uh, But nonetheless, you know, he's such an icon. This movie was damn near perfect. I'm giving this a 9.5. All right. Oh, my God. I just I feel like Mikey sees something here that I'm, I must have missed because I, uh, I mean, I thought it was a good movie, but Jesus Christ, man. I think when you talk about horror movie, this has every aspect like when you're when you're when you're young, you know, and like you, you have all these thoughts about horror in your mind and what it should be. But you haven't seen a ton. It's just like that enigma that is horror. You know what I mean? This caps. It's perfect. It's perfect. It has that gore. Even a little too much for some people, but damn it, man, if you're really looking to put this on and give somebody the horror heebie-jeebies, it had that campiness, like, root to the soul there. It's a great movie. All right. That's what you get. All right. I mean, I didn't give it a bad score. Astonished. Um, I don't have the highest port order for this one. Holy fuck. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I thought I uh I thought you guys thought were going to think that I was going too high with this. I gave it a 9.2. Damn. Um it is one of my favorite classics. It's one of my favorite horror movies. I really love this one. If we were ranking uh if we ever decided to portnoy books, Hellbound Heart <laughs> is one of my like 10 out of 10. Like I love this book so much. Um I think sometimes I'm harder on movies when I do really like the book. And I think there are just some things like the Harbinger that ended up just being a hobo that (laughs) ate a bunch of crickets. I think like some of the thematic things with how the box worked and like how hard it was to come by and how difficult it was to open. I think some of the like heaven and hell aspects, they were all so on point in the book. And I think a lot of them got lost in the movie, uh, which kind of made me lower the score a little bit. Uh, I think all the concepts are here. I think the special effects, regardless of what Rob said about the one centibite, <laughs> I do <laughs> think that the special effects like really hold up. Uh, Frank's scene was amazing. Some of I, them do, not just not all of them. That's all. But yeah, um, and I did expect to have the highest port noise, so that was surprising. Yeah, I, I've told you before, Kat. I really do like Pinhead. I meant it. I really truly yeah. do. You know, it's just. I, I don't like it. When I sit down with I didn't think it, my portnoy would have been that high before I watched it. But, you know, every time I sit down with it, man, I kind of get lost. And I'm like, damn, I forgot how they really swing the salami, so to speak. Uh, this is Slash Radio approved at an 8.6. I'm pretty good. Yeah. 8.6, uh, yeah. That's a solid score. I think that is our third highest portnoy. Fourth. Fourth highest Portnoy. Uh, X has a 9.2. Return of the Living Dead. Oh, no, that's an 8.5. Black Christmas, 9.5. And uh, as much as it's going to piss me off, Rob Zodiac, 8.7. <laughs> God damn, that's a good movie. That score will forever fucking haunt me. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a good movie. 
I don't think it's better than Hellraiser, though. Kat, you fucked this one up. I gave I it a 7.8. You gave it an 8.7. Oh, yeah, that might have been my fault a little bit. Definitely your fault. Damn. What did I give it? A 9-something. 9.7. Yeah. That's a good movie. You gave that higher <laughs> than I gave this. Jeez. Oh. But I, you know, look, I, Hellraiser, it, that's fine. I mean, it certainly should be Slasher Radio approved. Thank you, Rob. I'm glad I that mean, it is. I gave it a score that was just below that, but um, I, I had a, I had a feeling you guys would, would put it over the line. Well, there you go. Uh, hopefully, everybody enjoyed that. We, we did a movie some of you have probably heard before, which is nice. <laughs> We're we're gonna try to incorporate more good movies moving forward for at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. With all this rebranding stuff that's being worked on, we should change the show's name to either Torture or Spite. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like we will just pick bad movies because we find it funny to piss each other off, forgetting that we need to entertain you guys. <laughs> and you know. Well Talk don't forget, I mean, we've got the two B original shark side of the moon coming up. So that'll be a high rated episode. <sighs> yeah. People are going to love that one. <laughs> that was a more promoted movie than a, most of the movies that we've done. Recently. <laughs> uh, most. There, was, there was an adult content account on Twitter recently that just out of nowhere tagged me. They were like at Cat Valor, Shark Side of the Moon. And I was like, do I know you? What? <laughs> Get out of here, really? Yeah. I was hmm. so happy. I don't think I've ever been so proud of myself. I was like looking through their pages, like, how do I know you? I don't <laughs> think must, I do. They must listen to the show. They must, yeah. Why else would they have tagged you in the so, show thing? Thank you, uh, whoever you were. Who the fuck could that? What's going on, man? We have anonymous <laughs> people putting shit in and sex side. What the fuck are we doing here? These are our people, Mikey. <laughs> God damn it. And talking about Tokyo Sandblasters on Patreon. It's like, what, what, what's going on here, guys? Shit. Recording a show on a Sunday. <sighs> Fuck. All right. Um, speaking of all that nonsense, go to patreon.com forward slash slash radio. Uh, I have uh, my my Jurassic World Ultimate Collection thing that unboxing is up. You don't want to miss that. Like it, I get up close and personal with this raptor statue, and it looks phenomenal. Uh, I did record Look, a couple. Well, of- because you make it sound like you got your dick out in the video. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where I was spinning it, and mm-hmm. you know, like you're spinning the the, the, the whole three sixty view, and the raptors are kind of like bent over in the sculpture so when i got to the back i'm like all right let's keep on rolling past because i would stop every so often i'm like all right (laughs) i can stop here guys (laughs) uh and i did record a couple of unboxings so i'm going to be putting those out periodically there will be giveaways related to that new episode of sexy time with rob will be up soon you don't want to miss that you get some good advice you might want to miss that, but (laughs) we're not going to make you listen is the important thing you just have the option Yeah, that, that's that's what Tokyo Sandblaster was referring to. to uh, <laughs> uh, I should bleep that. People should not look that up. Uh, no, no. Uh, what else do we got going on? I mean, that's really it. Uh, go to Slash Radio on Twitter at Slash Radio and uh, give us a follow so you don't miss anything. 
SlasherRadio.com if you need our articles, episodes, interviews. Uh, also, Patreon, by the way, if you're like catching up on old stuff, we're going to be cutting off public access to older episodes when all this rebranding stuff starts going on. So, you know, think about the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Mikey's Dead on Twitter. Rob, where they find you? I'm on Twitter at Radio Rob123. And you can catch my other show, This Horror Life, wherever you are listening to Slasher Radio. Did you ask the people about the mascot thing? Oh, no. Damn it. Fucking damn. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, you know, here's the thing, though. You can't, don't just point the finger at me. Kat guessed it on the new episode, too, and she didn't mention it either. That is true. Kat, you knew this was going on. That's true. But you didn't ask me to That's, ask. You asked Rob to ask. Right. She's not in charge. She couldn't, like, who is she to go and ask? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, That's, so I mean, that is true, but she, also, you could have reminded him, though, Kat. Also, if you. Have ask me to do something and i don't do it that's kind of on you (laughs) (laughs) all right you know what let's tackle it from this angle when are you next recording this horror life the thursday 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 this thursday yeah we, we we keep moving around the recording date but i think we settled on thursday the 25th you know what time i don't fucking He's going to make you set a reminder. I'm I'm not setting a reminder on my phone for that. No, I'm going to do it on my phone. I'm going to text you. (laughs) We usually do like around 10 o'clock. 10 p.m. EST. Period. Mm -hmm. Boom. All right. It's in my logbook. And I will be texting you to remind you. This is getting out of hand now. Hopefully I'll have an answer for you next week. I hope so. All right. There's a whole panel of judges, so I got to present it to them, and then they got to, you know, deliberate and decide, and, you know, it's a process. The sooner you hand it to them, is the sooner it gets going, though. I know, I'm just saying, it's a whole process. You don't get an answer right away. But get the ball rolling, man. Come on. Cat, where are they finding you? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you can find me uh, harassing Rob over on This Horror Life, wherever you're <laughs> listening to this. You can find me on Twitter at cat underscore valor, V-O-L-E-U-R. You can also check out my website, catvalor.com. Nice. Uh, And you can come back and check us out next week, guys. Good night from Slasher Radio. Let me get back to my goddamn Sunday now. (laughs) (laughs) He really can't get over this at all. I don't know. It's it's weird, and and I'm all off. Like, I wasn't ready for Like, this episode is... I was not good on this episode, and I know that because I'm out of my (laughs) element. This is not how... We do this like I. It's fucking daylight outside. It's it's no. We do this on Saturday when it's dark, so I know what's happening. Please tell me this is the Easter egg. My body and my mind are not prepared to do this on a Sunday. He's like really pissed off right now. I'm not pissed off. I'm just saying because I know it sucked. Like I know that (laughs) I didn't do a good job on the episode, and so I just want you to understand why. I'm not mad about it. And the listeners can be mad if they want a free show. I give a fuck, but you know. <laughs> well, patrons is not a free show. Yeah, but we already got their money, suckers. <laughs> God damn it. All the best of Slasher Radio Podcast.
Thank <laughs> you.